Hey there, podcast listeners. Adam Tarno here. So I mentioned this in the last episode that we had released on how to leave a job well, and I'm going to say it again. You know, Clay and I, we had this idea. The idea didn't work. We originally planned to make some episodes premium and some episodes completely free. The premium episodes, you had to pay $2.99 a month, and you'd get two exclusive episodes. And anyway, the episode you're about to listen to was originally one of these premium episodes, and now... For a lot of reasons, some of the technology's not there. It was too hard for people to find the episodes and download them. We, we're just making them free. That's right. They're just free. So all the episodes on the How to Lead podcast right now are 100% free. So at the end of this episode, if you hear me, thank you for being a premium subscriber. Just like you did last time, just ignore the word premium. We are grateful that you are a subscriber and you're listening to these episodes. So with all that being said, enjoy our conversation on how you can have a hard conversation with your boss. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the How to Lead podcast, helping you unleash influence wherever you are. My name is Adam Tarno, and I am here again today with Clay Scroggins. Clay, how are we doing? Doing so good, and I mean that. Doing so, so good. The fall, it feels, well, I, I'm probably not supposed to timestamp this, but <laughs> man, I was talking to our eight-year-old this morning. I was walking her to school, and you could just kind of feel it, you know? We it was started in the talking air. About, is it, it was literally in the air. It's there. And, that's right, like Phil Collins, and we were talking about corn mazes and pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and and, and pumpkin spice lattes. No, it was awesome. My, I drove my seventh grader to cross country practice, and all right, so I'm in Dallas, you're in Atlanta. So all that to say to our listeners, we are weak. Okay, we are weak when it comes to temperatures. It was 70 degrees. I looked on the little thing in my in my car, 70 degrees. Uh, my son in a three minute drive. Uh, turned on the seat warmer because he was cold. <laughs> so it's not in only the are air. we weak, but we're raising weak <laughs> we're children. Raising weak children <laughs> that are going to do nothing to help this country. So exactly uh, anyway, right. okay. You know, let, let's talk about this. Our, our episode today, we're going to talk about how to have a hard conversation with your boss. Uh, Clay, I don't know if you're reading any headlines. There's a lot of anger in the world right now. <laughs> and a lot of people having some hard conversations. I don't know though. You would think with like some things like with basketball or cross country. Yeah. The more you practiced it, the more you'd get better, right? You would think, oh, we're starting to figure this out. We're starting to figure out how to have hard conversations. I don't think it seems like we're getting much better. Would you agree or disagree with that? <laughs> yeah, it certainly feels like we're getting worse. Um, and you're so right. I mean, we're having so many of that. I, I again, walking our eight-year-old to school and she pointed across the street, uh, Monsieur Hubert, her French teacher, was the uh, was helping people cross the street, and she said, "Oh, that's my French teacher. He's really great. He, he I've learned so much French this year, so much more than last year." I was like, "Wow, that's pretty amazing." So I go drop her off. I come back uh, back to the street where he was at the crosswalk, and I thought, you know, what? I'm going to go tell him this. Yeah. And so I just I go up to him. I say, "Hey, are you Mr. Hubert?" And he said, "I am. Bonjour." That's what he said to me. Which I thought, man, you are on brand. This you were in Beauty and the Beast. It was like you were there. <laughs> That's right. I said, "Hey, well, my daughter is Sally, and I just I, I had something I wanted to tell you." And his posture, I mean, he got he got visibly defensive. And then I tell him, hey, she was just telling me that you're just a really great teacher. And I just wanted to tell you that. And it was amazing how he just immediately goes, oh. And then he just kind of relaxed wow. his shoulders. And he goes, I thought we were about to have a hard conversation. And I said, no, no, no. I just wanted to tell you. She said, you're fabulous. And I just wanted to thank you for what you're doing. So, yeah, I think not only are we, uh, it doesn't seem like we're getting better at it, but it certainly feels like it's around every corner. And yep. there's just so much fear and trepidation and dread 
when it comes to having them. Yeah. And listen, a lot of conversations nowadays are a minefield for so many of us. We don't know what's going to upset somebody. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're all learning. There's some things there where we had to get more sensitive to certain topics and conversations. That's all Which great. Is great. Yeah. But it does feel like uh, like that, like that poor teacher. Sometimes you just don't know when it's going to happen, but you're expecting it's going to be something difficult. So this is happening in the world and it's certainly happening at work, right? And, yes, and yes. we want to we want to slice this conversation to be very very thin because hard conversations can happen with vendors, with suppliers, with coworkers, with uh, people on your team when you're a leader who are under you that can happen when you're, you know, doing um, performance reviews and things like that. But we want to talk about specifically how to have a hard conversation with your boss. Uh, because that's a big deal and you need to be able to, to know how to navigate those. So you uh, recently read a Harvard Business Review poll of 1,100 employees and they were asking, what are some of the most difficult conversations you do have with your boss? And what were the results of that poll? Yeah, the most common ones. And, and this was, I think it was a 2019 poll, which I, I, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, obviously if we updated this to where we are now, it would look a lot like uh, I, I want to, change the way I'm, my, my work schedule is. Yeah. I want to work from home, the, the flexibility, the, you know, probably something about uh, vaccinations and, uh, you know, um, what do I do with when I've been exposed to uh, a, a disease, a virus? But yeah, the, the, the poll in 2019 said that the, the four most common hard conversations were, number one, asking for a raise, mm. which is very important. Have you uh, ever done that? Did you ever do that in your career? Or have I you? did not. I have had people on my team ask me for a raise, but okay. I did not. I did not ever ask for a raise. Yeah, I, I never did either. And I always see it on the list, and it, it, I, I'm not doubting it. You know that it, it is happening there, but um, but that that was interesting to me to see that that was number one that was on there. Well, I mean, I I bet as a boss, I had it happen. A dozen times. Okay, so it's really happening. It was very common for me. It was on the on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, Number two, handling a difficult personality. Now that is common. (laughs) Yeah, I have done that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, which sometimes feels like gossip. You know, like hey, I just I want to say, but obviously there's the 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 best motive is hey, I really do want to figure this out, and you're the boss, and it feels like you could solve this, and you know she's encroaching on my territory or he's making it really hard to work with. Can you help settle this? Um, number three, apologizing for a mistake. Mm. Uh, that one surprised me a little bit too. I mean, I, I had that happen for sure. In fact, I've got a pretty, uh, one of my worst moments, one of my worst conversations with my boss was me apologizing for a mistake. Um, that's a, another story for another day there. Maybe yeah. we could get into it in this one. And then the last one is, um, I think this one was the one that I thought, Oh, for sure. But a lack of clear direction. Yeah. Not only with what I'm working on, but also what I found is so many people were hired to do one thing and then they get in the job and it's something different. And you're a year in going, was this supposed to happen? But th- I'm not doing what they hired me to do. And so you think, oh, I need to go ask my boss. I need to go tell my boss, hey, this didn't work. Th- th- I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore because yeah. then you hired me to do this. And I said, yes, to that, and that's what I wanted to do. And now I'm doing this. And it's, or, or, or a lot of times I'm doing both of them and it's too much and I yeah. just can't handle it. Yeah. That person left and now I was been doing their job temporarily. And here we are six months later and, uh, and I'm still doing it. The temporary feels quite a bit uh, permanent at this point. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say, 
people have a complicated relationship with conflict. Uh, yeah. There's some people, and, and there's definitely some people listening right now, they wake up in the morning and they need to have a hard conversation. It shows up on their to-do list and they are like, hot dog, today is going to be awesome, <laughs> right? I love it. I'm energized. And they have a smile on their face and they are ready to hug somebody after the hard conversation. They're, they're those is, people, those are usually, um, they are usually incredible leaders or they're convicted felons. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So we've got that group, right? That, that, uh, is there. Right. That just loves it. They love it. They love it. Their day is made. And then there's others that if they like, uh, Monsieur, right. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he, if, if that was Uh, a hard conversation, if, if you were to just say something like, Hey, Sally just feels like you're moving a little fast, maybe. mm -hmm. And I'm totally, uh, making this up here that could have crushed his day. It's just, it's complicated. Uh, but I think it is safe to say, especially at work, people would probably prefer not to have hard conversations. They're awkward and they're awkward for both the, you know, you as the employee or team member and you talking to the boss or the team leader. And so, overarching over these conversations, and we're going to dig in. You've got four A's here to think about when you dig, dig into this. But but there is one idea that I think is worth putting out there from Doug Stone and Sheila Heen, uh, and thanks for the feedback. But w- what is one word to think about as we enter into hard conversations? Yeah, I think this this is a good umbrella to put everything under. And, and it, you know, thanks for the feedback is a great resource. Crucial conversations is a great resource. Difficult conversations, another great resource on just in general having hard conversations. Again, I love the way you framed it. We're specifically saying having it with your boss, but uh, any hard conversation, the the the, the large umbrella that that a healthy, high stakes potentially emotional conversation that it needs to rest under the umbrella of safety Yeah, because safety is the thing that all of us are looking for in every conversation. And so going into it, knowing, you know, uh, I, to your point, I saw it with uh, Mr. Hubert that immediately his defensive posture communicated a lack of safety. Yep. He, 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 he was anticipating feeling attacked. And when we do that, when we feel defensive, obviously there's the fight or flight, you know, we either we we get into our, you know, like a turtle and just get into our shell, or we come out swinging and we immediately go, well, you this and you this and you this, and whatever we can do to stay emotionally stable, to stay emotionally neutral. Uh, I had a professional coach that used to say all the time, you got to stay in the balcony, which stay in the balcony feels passive because you feel like we're in the balcony. That's, you know, where that's not where the action is. But his point was when you're on the stage, all the drama's happening there, all the emotions happening there. And if you can stay in the balcony and stay objective about it, stay emotionally stable, it will help you. Uh, what I've learned is that when our emotions rise, our functionality actually declines. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we've all had this experience when someone says, you know, uh, hey, Adam, good to meet you. My name's Clay. And then within five you're five seconds later, you're like, what did, what did he say his name was? I, he just said it. <laughs> was it forgotten. Ray? Was it Ray? No, it was Ray. It was Ray? No, it's not Ray. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I think it's not because we are unable to remember someone's name. It's because a lot of times the, the just very uh, low level social anxiety it causes our the functionality of actually being able to remember and listen to what someone said. Uh, we just lose that, and so when we're when our emotions are high and we're all nervous about it, and our knees are weak and palms are sweaty, mom spaghetti. Yeah, when we're that's where I was that, going. <laughs> I knew it. All right, I love it. <laughs> when we're feeling that way, 
Uh, we just end up saying things that we're like, why did I say that? Or we say it in ways that we wish we hadn't. So all that to say, if you're not, if you're not at a place where you can be in the balcony about the hard conversation, if you're not at a place where you can be emotionally neutral about it, you're just not ready to have it yet. Yep. I, because I, safety is so crucial. I like that. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a plan. And that may sound so counterintuitive to a hard conversation because sometimes that's what makes a difficult conversation with your boss so difficult is they pop up out of the blue. You feel like you you don't have a plan. I wasn't ready for that. Right. Yeah. If I could, because I always can say the best things when I'm driving home replaying the conversation oh the day later, right? That That's when of I'm at course. my best. So we want to give you a plan. And this is something that you may want to commit to memory just have at the tip, you know, maybe have it in your hip pocket or something like that, just to know when a difficult conversation arises, this is a framework that is going to be helpful and help you stay in the balcony, keep your emotions under control. And more importantly, make sure that you're connecting with your boss or your team leader to make sure that you understand them, they understand you in this hard conversation can be just that, just a hard one. It doesn't have to be one that puts a dent in the relationship. It doesn't yeah. have to be one that leaves a scar or erodes the trust. You can have these conversations and they build trust. So the four A's, I'm going to go through them real quick and then we're going to unpack. Affirm, ask, acknowledge, and advise. So let's start with affirm. What do you mean by that? Unpack that for us. Well, this is, again, I love what you said about prep- preparation. That this is, this is genuinely something you have to prepare to do. That yeah. You should write down, affirm, ask, acknowledge, advise, and then fill in the blanks on them. And affirming is what, what can you say to your boss that's true? So I had an experience where I was going to have to let someone go. And I remember learning this real specifically. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was saying, I'm just dreading this conversation. He said, why are you dreading it? He said, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to this person. And I think you believe it's the right thing. Why so much dread? And I said, well, I am so afraid that it's going to ruin his day. He's going to go home and tell his wife, I hate Clay. I think he's miserable. I hope he spends the rest of eternity in hell. That was like my fear, you know? And he said, well, you should just tell him that up front. And I thought I should tell him that. And I did. And it really did help to be able to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I just want to let you know, we're about to have a hard conversation, but I just want to affirm to you, I am a, I'm genuinely a fan of yours. I believe in you. I think mm-hmm. you're fantastic. And even though this is going to feel hard, I hope you don't at the end of this feel like you just want to go and trash me. And if you do, and you feel like I deserve it, you're welcome to do that. Go for it, especially if it would help you. But I genuinely want you to know that I believe in you and I care for you. I think whenever we can do that with our boss, a lot, you know, uh, one of my most recent hard conversations I had with my boss, he I had an assumption about what the conversation was going to be about. And so he asked me up front, like, is, Hey, can you tell me what this conversation was about or is going to be about? And I was just able to say, Hey, I just have some ideas on how I can help more. And it's because I want to serve better. I want to help you more. And it, yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. All right. So it's not about the thing, the thing, the thing. So yeah. whatever you can say, that's true. I like you. I'm for you. I believe in you. I like working for you. I'm not here to quit. I'm not trying to be annoying, whatever it is. Yep declaring those intentions is so important. And I like how you're saying there to put a boundary, it has to be true. So don't go in there and lie, <laughs> right, you know, right. and, and that may be a struggle. I mean, it may be, listen, Hey, that's great. You got some shoes on today. Well done. You know, you always <laughs> right. wear shoes and I appreciate that about you. Um, yeah. but chances are you can think of something, uh, probably more than one yeah. thing. You can think of a few things just to affirm what I like about that too. And I think is really important for aspiring and emerging leaders to keep in mind is uh, leadership is hard. Uh, you know, n- no surprise there. 
I think what may surprise a lot of young leaders is just how much uh, trash you have to deal with every yeah. day, meaning just like uh, hard problems to solve. So I, when I say trash, I'm not talking, uh, I just mean hard things. Like everything's a complaint. Uh, yeah. Everything is a challenge. There are problems. My friend John McGee says that leaders exist because problems exist. There are problems <laughs> every single yeah. day. So being a leader is not this life of luxury and uh, corner offices and nice cars and golf courses. That's not leadership. Leadership is difficult, right? There's a lot of challenge that you're dealing with. Uh, I said the word trash because I think about this image that my buddy Blake Holmes uses where it's like, I feel like sometimes my employees bring their trash can into my and office just and just dump it, dump on, it on my desk. That's right. That's <laughs> and so right. That's, that's right. the trash that they're dealing with, uh, with all of that. But anyway, so affirming can just reset that conversation a little bit. I like also what you talk about here that affirming declares intent to somebody and yeah. how important that is in a, in a human conversation or a conversation between humans, just to let them know I'm for you right now. Uh, so talk about that and, and what declaring intent can do to set the tone of a conversation. Well, I, I honestly, I stole it from, uh, you know, my, as a lifelong pastor, I stand at the front of churches and other event spaces a lot as you do as well and, uh, officiate weddings. And there's that moment in weddings that I've learned to really appreciate where we let the couple declare their intentions, you know, and I always say, Hey, look, you've gotten all gussied up, you know, you spent a lot of money on this dress, on this suit, you've, you, you know, you've, you've really planned this out. You've invited all of these people. Why are we here? What are we doing here today? And then giving them, I mean, obviously I don't let them just like uh, wax eloquently about why yeah. we're there. The most people would be, we would all be Terrified. too nervous to do that. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I stole that concept from weddings of just uh, giving people the opportunity to do that. I, I think, again, thinking about trying to stay under the umbrella of safety, what you're, you're not only declaring your intentions, but you're also declaring what you're not there to do, mm. that I'm not here to ruin your day. I'm not here to resign. I'm not here to trash you. I'm not here to dump my trash on your table. I'm not here to make your life difficult. I really, because I believe in you and I'm trying to help you, I'm here because I have some thoughts about how we can grow or how we could change a process and make people love working here even more. I think doing that up front, it just creates safety. It creates, uh, it sets the expectations and it puts people, it puts people at ease as opposed to putting people in a p posture of defensiveness. That's right. Yeah. And that good first step with all that. Okay. So that's the first one is to affirm. Then the second A is to ask. Talk about that. Well, anytime we go into a conversation where we think we know we've already lost, right? Mm. You know, that, that simple little, uh, cliched phrase that when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, right? Yes, yes. That we've all done that before. I mean, particularly- Have you taught your kids that yet? Because it's got the cuss word in it? I haven't yet, but I'm right. wide open to it. Have you? <laughs> I think I've, yeah, I think I have. I think I have. I, I like that's it. what I'm going to talk to them about tonight at dinner. Because <laughs> right. it is so good. They assume all the time. And I just, I keep wanting to like draw it on the whiteboard and show them. I don't have yeah. a whiteboard in my house, but yeah. I, I think about <laughs> We have that, a whiteboard so. or a dinner table for leadership. <laughs> <laughs> for leadership <laughs> lessons at dinner. Right. Uh, so anyway, okay. So you ask, yeah, so you don't you, assume. Yeah, when you... Yeah, when you go into assuming things, you've, you've lost already because you, the, the truth is you don't know. I mean, I love what you said about how hard being a boss is. Your boss sees at a level that you don't see. Your boss deals with things that you don't deal with. And to convince yourself that there is information that you don't have, that if you had, it would change the nature of the conversation. You have to convince yourself of that. That's you good. have to believe that. And empathy, you know, uh, I love 
Brene Brown's explanation of it, that it really is, it's suspending your judgment. You know, it's suspending any judgment that I have about this situation. And that is obviously very hard to do in hard conversations because hard conversations are naturally high stakes and emotional, yep. but it, as much as you can to go, all right, there's something I don't know. And if I knew it, it would explain why this situation is so complicated. And so I'm going to force myself to ask not a hundred, not 10, probably not even five, but maybe one or two, maybe three well thought out questions driven by curiosity that would help me get on the other side of the person and see it from their vantage point. And when I do that, it only, it, it, it only helps. Yeah, it does. It does. And so let's use one of the examples of that we talked about earlier. Um, somebody in your organization left, you've been doing a job, it, you thought it was going to be temporary, but now you've been doing it for nine months, six months, whatever it is. You want to have that conversation with your boss. So, or the the job that you signed up for now is proving out to be different. So what is an example of a question you could ask in that situation to get your point across? I would start by saying, you know, I'd suspend my judgment and go, you know, because what you think is that, you know, that you, you make up that story in your head of, oh, well, my, my boss is trying to take advantage of me. Yeah. Probably not. Your boss probably doesn't, might not even know. Right. Um, or your boss might not know how heavy it is or how significant the amount is. And so I think, you know, real, a simple way to ask it would be to say, Hey, as far as I understand, I was hired for this, which I, I'm very excited about that. And I am doing that. I'm enjoying that part. But you know, when, when Bob left, I also took this job on as well. That does that surprise you that handling both of those has become daunting or feels like a lot? Should it feel like a lot? Yeah. Um, I would ask something like that because your boss might go, okay, well, first of all, I didn't even realize that you're doing all the stuff that Bob used to do. I thought we just stopped doing something or whatever it may be. Yeah. Or your boss might go, oh, I thought that 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 wasn't going to be a huge load and you seem like you enjoyed it. That is news to me that it's too much for you right now. Yeah. Or what? There's just a lot that your boss might not know. And asking is um, is just so important because you learn something. You learn yeah. something about the way your boss sees it. You know, a lot of times um, I like to ask, hey, it feels like this process isn't exactly working and it might make sense to change it, but there's something more complicated about it that I don't understand. Could you help me understand? Is it is it more expensive than I see or is it does it affect more departments than I know of? Does it, um, is it something that we set in the past and we've tried it some other ways and you're convinced that it's working this way because that's the way we've done it? Uh, asking that, uh, uh, some kind of question of curiosity helps you learn, which will only help you have a safer, more rich conversation. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's the, such a great word that you just used there. That's the one that was coming to mind, curiosity. Almost treating it like a game. There is a clue out there. There is some, there's a piece of gold out there somewhere, and I've got to go find it because I bet if I was looking at this situation the way my team leader was looking at this situation, it would all make sense. Or I bet if I thought about it the same way they did or just understood their perspective. So that's fun to bring about that natural curiosity to ask those questions. The other thing that a question does, and I don't know if you've seen this, it comes across more respectful than, an, accus yeah. than an accusation. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's humbling to ask a question, right? It it's, is. it's easier to assume, you know, all the information and go and make declarations, but it's, it's more humbling to ask a question. But I think in the end, it leads to a more productive conversation. It doesn't make it easier, but it does help 
preserve uh, the unity that you have and the relationship that you have with your boss in this. Okay, so you're going to affirm, you're going to find some things that you appreciate, you're going to declare your intent there in the beginning, then you're going to try to ask as many questions as possible, remain as curious as you can. And then the third step here would be to acknowledge, unpack that. Well, th- this is um, this is tactical communication training that we've all had before. I mean, we, we do this with uh, engaged couples. My wife and I mentor engaged couples who are getting ready to get married. And we make them do this little exercise in communication where we're trying to teach them not only assertive communication, but active listening. And so we'll tell them, hey, at our next session, we want you to bring us the most, uh, the, the latest uh, conflict that you've had, the latest problem that you've had. And it, you know, nine times out of 10, it's about the wedding. And out of, usually it's about the mother-in-law or, or something about the in-laws and the family. And they want to do the wedding different, something like that. So, you know, and then we'll have them do, okay, so, uh, you know, we'll ask the, the one spouse, will you assertively communicate this. Hey, uh, when you side with your mom, I feel devalued. Yeah. And then we have the other person actively listen and actually speak back to them. So what I hear you saying is my mom's really annoying. (laughs) Okay. Now hang on a second. That's not actually what I said. I'm not, no, no, I'm not saying your mom's annoying. She's cheap, but I'm not saying she's annoying. <laughs> I'm saying that when you side with her, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Yeah. So, you know, th- that process is just, uh, it seems so simple, but you've seen this. I mean, Adam, miscommunication has started oh wars. Yeah, I mean, totally. it is so dangerous. And so when you're speaking up here and your boss is speaking right here, I mean, and the whole like ships passing each other in the night, that's so prevalent. It's so common. And so to not only say, ask the question of curiosity, but then to say, okay, so what I hear you saying is the main reason why we haven't implemented the new database is because it's expensive. When you say it, when you acknowledge what you've heard, it gives your boss a chance to say, uh, you know what? No, that's not it. It's not because it's expensive. It's because we don't have the manpower. We don't have the human capital to be able to make it happen right now. And there's some other priorities. And so then you go, okay, okay. So it just, it's another step of learning. It's another step of making sure that you have uh, effective communication going on before you even bring the, the, the big, you know, uh, the big challenge that you set the meeting up to bring. It's so good. I mean that, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes, I'm sure, but this is worth saying it here and then repeating it. To add that phrase, so what I hear you saying is, and then fill in the blank, just start adding that to your normal communication. Mm-hmm. You are going to realize, it's going to be shocking. You're going to realize that how how often you don't get it right the first time. Right. And, um, and then you're going to be really surprised in experiencing the joy of clarity and really understanding what somebody else is saying. And I mean, you can start today. So when you get home or you get back to the office mm-hmm. or whatever, just say, so what I hear you saying is you want to go to Subway for lunch, right? Is that, no, is that that's right? not what I said. I just said, I just wanted a deli sandwich. Right. I'm great if it's Jimmy John's. Doesn't have to be Subway. I'd prefer to be Jersey Mike's, but Exactly. That's clarity. That's helpful. Just start mm-hmm. saying it. You can make fun of us, but just start saying that. Obviously, in these hard conversations with your boss, again, so I've said some some good things. I've declared my intent. I'm asking a lot of questions. They're going to give me answers if I ask questions. Now, I've got to listen in a way that before I start giving my reaction, I have to make sure I understand them. And um, and 
that that would be that, that's what we're suggesting. I think that that leads to clarity. So that's the acknowledgement piece after they do answer some of the questions that you've brought to them. And then the last piece is advise. Uh, talk about that. Well, I mean, this is why you set the thing up. You know, you have an idea, you have a change, you have something that needs to be different. You know, you think that the the other person on your team is creating so many problems and your advice is, why don't we just let this person go? Or can we put them on a 90 day plan? Or can we move into another team? Or can we define the expectations more clearly of, well, she's going to handle the South region and I'm going to handle everything over here on the East. I mean, whatever it may be, you have an idea that you think is the way to do it. And you might be right. But the first three steps are really to create safety and to learn and to be curious and to acknowledge what you've heard so that you can really fact check your own advice because you might get into it and go, oh, okay, so this is way more complicated than I thought it was going to be. So sometimes you even get to that point and go, you know what, I need to think more about this because I want to bring you some solutions. And that's really the probably the biggest key. We've all heard this before. Don't just dump the trash on your boss's desk. Bring solutions. Bring, I have found bringing more than one solution matters. Why? Well, because every person loves to feel like they're choosing because it gives them the agency of control. It puts the locus of control inside of them. And so when you give, you know, here are three options that you got to be okay with all three options, three solutions, you're giving your boss that feeling of I'm driving this, I'm driving this uh, car, this ship, this train, so bring more than one solution, wait until you affirm asking and acknowledge before you bring the advice, but uh, save that one for the end because there's some learning that needs to be done. And Adam, here's what I've learned about this. If you don't go in this order, most people go backwards. Most people, you know, grab the boss on her way out to the car on Friday at five and go, I got three things that need to be different. And I want to give you a little bit of my mind. I didn't tell you about this. If you do it that way, number one, which, it sounds like you've been drinking at lunch. <laughs> you're doing that. <laughs> five had margaritas with your deli Friday. sandwich. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think about you, boss. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why I bobbed my head when I did it, but <laughs> when you start with advise, is the step of advising. Uh, you end up having to acknowledge that you were wrong. You have to ask for forgiveness, and you have to affirm that you still love your job. You still love working. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you end up walking backwards through it. So you may as well. Put some energy in, put some prep time in, write this out, affirm, ask, acknowledge, advise, and then make yourself fill it out almost like a, uh, like you would fill out a worksheet. You know, what about, what can I affirm? What do I need to ask? Then I'm, how, what I'm, how do I acknowledge what I've heard? And then what are the solutions that I'm going to bring? Um, I think that's the, it's the best way I've found. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. Um, that is a great way to do it. And then after the advice piece, when now they're, you're in the you're in the difficult conversation, you really can go back to step one, and you know you might declare the intent again. Hey, remember, I'm here to try to be helpful. So can I ask another question based on what you just said? Let me acknowledge it. Yeah. Now here's my thought. Now let's just keep going back through oh, all good. of that. That's good. And and I know what what some people's reaction, or I assume what some people's reaction to this idea is going to be like. Clay, this sounds stale, wooden, mechanical, mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. and I yeah. think what I would say to that person is this, and that's why it works, Yeah, because it gets you out of your game. Uh, most of the time, as we talked about in the beginning, hard conversations are difficult for all of us. For some reason, it's not part of our training while we grow up. We, we, you were left to see the way your family or your peers handled hard conversations, and then you get... Uh, thrust into the working world, and that's all the training you get. 
and uh, and we all have developed some bad habits. And so some mechanical nature, some of the mechanical nature of what you just laid out here can be really helpful to teach us some new habits and that are going to drive for clarity and, and preserve relationships. And so I love it. So you affirm, you ask, you acknowledge, you advise or challenge, uh, and the order matters with all of the this. The order so, matters. That's right. And the preparation matters. I think that it, this is really, it's the way to create and maintain safety in the relationship so that you can accomplish as much as you are able to accomplish in the context of this hard conversation. That's right. So open up Evernote, open up OneNote, get a three by five card, whatever it is on your iPad, and just write those four words down and then start to fill in, fill in the blanks, write some bullet points, and you have a plan now to go have that hard conversation. Clay, this is good stuff. Any final thoughts? Uh, I would just reiterate that the most common way that people deal with hard conversations is they don't have them. Mm. And so I would just encourage you to start working on this muscle. This is a, it genuinely is a muscle that if you let it atrophy, it, it not only will not grow, but you will develop habits of passivity, uh, fight or flight that will not help you. But if you want to be a great leader, you have to become skilled at having hard conversations in general, but specifically Mm -hmm. with the authority that is, uh, that, that you've been put under. Yep. And so uh, make yourself do it. Make yourself learn how to stay emotionally neutral, maintain safety, and come up with a plan, and then execute your plan in the conversation. There it is. All right, Clay, great conversation today. Thanks, Adam. As always, we want to say thank you for being a premium subscriber. We are so grateful that you have trusted us to help you on your leadership journey. We're excited to play a small part in helping you unleash influence wherever you are. And listen, if you ever need to get in touch with us, maybe you have a question about a prior episode, or maybe you have a comment about a prior episode and something crazy Clay said or something like that. Maybe you have a suggestion for a future episode, whatever the reason, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Yes, dot work. Don't miss that. Otherwise, somebody else is going to get that email. Today's episode was mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we got for today. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks.